Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan, I'm Toby Altizer. In for Steve Sparky Pfeiffer alongside Sam Schmitz here in the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University is offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. We could talk about all sorts of things this Monday morning. I guess it's not morning anymore. I'm still used to working with Bart, even though it hasn't been, it's been a while. I don't believe you, man. I did it too. <laughs> this it Monday afternoon, there's plenty of stuff we could talk about. But I think the biggest thing we got to talk about and continue to talk about, I'm sure it's been talked about all day today here on 1250 AM, The Fan, but you can never talk enough about the man, the myth, the legend, Leroy Butler, as he's now officially enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. We'll continue to talk about him. Feel free to hop in if you want to give us a call at 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan, as we continue a celebration of Leroy and what he has meant to the Green Bay Packers, what he has meant to our station here, what he's meant to the state of Wisconsin, and what he's meant to you. A lot of you have run into Leroy around southeast Wisconsin here. A lot of you run into him, and you have stories. We heard some on the big show. We heard some, I'm sure, this morning, and just how personable, how genuine of a guy, how humble of a guy Leroy Butler is, and for him to finally be recognized, as he should be, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as one of the all-time great players in the National Football League is awesome. It's awesome. We're going to hear his speech. We'll hear that a little bit later. We'll hear what his coach for the last couple seasons of his career Mike Sherman, he was on the big show. We'll hear from him a little bit later. But until then, we got room for you guys. You want to share a Leroy Butler story, feel free. Again, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. And one thing that is unique about Leroy Butler and 
how I got to know Leroy is that I didn't grow up in the state of Wisconsin. I grew up in Virginia. I grew up a Washington fan. I was a big-time football fan since really as much as I can remember. I think like the age of five, a diehard football fan. Knew so many legends, but didn't know a whole lot about Leroy Butler until I came out here. And I interned here in 2019. And I remember people telling me, you're going to work with Leroy Butler. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Former Packers, started the Lambeau Leap and all these different things, but didn't know a whole lot about him. And now to see him as a pro football Hall of Famer, someone that's going to be nationally recognized, and someone that didn't grow up as someone that didn't grow up watching football in the 90s, because frankly, I wasn't alive yet. I didn't get to recognize how special a player Leroy is. I just never got that privilege to watch him play football. But I got to know him as a guy. Got to know him as a person and realized how genuine of a person he is. How much he cares about those around him. How much he's gone out of his way to help me. Myself, someone that he hasn't known all that long. You know, I brought a family member by one time just to meet various people here at the station, show them around and show them. And he took time out of his day to come out and talk with my cousin for just five, ten minutes. Five, ten minutes that he could have been doing something else. Five, ten minutes he could have spent doing more work around here, whatever it was. But he spent that time to talk to people. And you hear stories about Leroy Butler, whether he's out and about. He's the only guy I know that would include a plug for pick and save in the middle of his Hall of Fame speech, which you'll hear in just a little bit. And that was phenomenal. But he's just such a genuine guy and getting to know him that way. And then seeing him recognized as a Hall of Famer. It's such a unique perspective that I have, and it makes me appreciate him because I look at his, at him as a friend, as a someone that I look up to as a colleague here, someone I want to be like in terms of as a broadcaster and how he's able to tell stories and everything he's able to do here on the air as a radio talent now, but someone that is just a phenomenal human being and someone I want to be like in that when I go out into the community, you know, if I'm able to have an impact. If I have a name that's built up like Leroy Butler's name and people recognize me, I want to be able to do the same sort of things that Leroy is doing. I don't want to be the guy that doesn't use the platform and use the ability. And so many people don't. So many people have a platform to do great things in their community. And maybe they do pieces here and there, but with Leroy, it's a genuine care for those around him that really sets him apart. And I think it's really interesting going back to the beginning of what I was talking about with my relationship with Leroy and, and getting to know him here is that I didn't know a whole lot about him growing up. I, I just didn't. But yet you walk around the state of Wisconsin and he is a legend. And Leroy somehow, I don't know how he did it, has created this really unique stardom that he's not nationally the star that he is in the state of Wisconsin. He's good enough to be that star. He's His stats are just as good as anybody else's. He could absolutely be that national star, but I don't think he wants that. I don't think he wants the huge fame. I don't think he wants 
the huge national recognition because he just wants to be the hometown guy here in the state of Wisconsin that is loved by those in Wisconsin. He loves the people in Wisconsin, and he doesn't need a whole lot more than that. So many guys are looking for that national recognition. They're looking to be on national TV. They're looking to do all these things. And I don't see that with Leroy. I see a guy that loves Wisconsin, loves Green Bay, loves Milwaukee, loves being a part of this community. And if that's the only community that ever recognized him, I think he'd be totally fine with that. He loves it here. And I think it's so cool that it's not about all the recognition for himself. It's not about building this huge Leroy Butler brand nationally. It's about being a part of the community in the state of Wisconsin and making an impact here. And I think he's done that. He 100% has done that. I think it's so cool that we get to work with him here. You get to run into him at your local pick-and-save stores. You get to see him around. You go to buy some Leap Vodka. And how many guys sell things, right? How many players have something that they sell? And they go to all these stores, and if they see it around, they just sign it. No problem. Sign it. Much less a Hall of Fame player like Leroy Butler, someone that can walk up to his product and sign it and put HOF22. How many guys do that? I can only think of one. You know, usually these guys, you got to pay them, you got to try and go all this, do that, do this, do that. Leroy Butler is one of the nicest dudes I've ever met, and it's so cool that we get to work with him, and it's so cool to see that after all these years, he finally gets the recognition he deserves as the football player that he was for the Green Bay Packers. Sam, I'm sure you've got similar experiences because, you know, we're not that different in age, and I'm sure you knew a lot more about him growing up than I do, but he's someone that you didn't necessarily get to watch play football, and I think it's a unique dynamic for us that we got to know Leroy as a guy, as a human, before we did as a football player, maybe, and I think it's so cool. It's now to the point, and I don't want to, you know, sound braggadocious and all that, but it's to the point, and this just speaks to the type of guy that Leroy is. But that, like, you kind of forget sometimes, like, oh yeah, like Leroy, you know, the Hall of Famer, the mm-hmm. the former Packers safety, and all that, with just how kind he is and how much he, he treats you like family and all that. But I think, you know, the thing watching his speech and his enshrinement over the weekend on Saturday, like, a lot of people have been talking about how he did a good job of like making fans feel like he was a part of it too. And it was so cool. But on top of that, like, I can't hammer this home enough. I'm just so happy that not only is this career, you know, going to be recognized for all of eternity, basically. But, I mean, essentially, I'm, I'm so happy that his story, especially, and the people that, you know, helped him get to where he is, that's also being enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because you talked about what he went through as a kid with the club feet. And on top of that, I love how he's part of the anti-bullying program, stuff like that. And then on top of that, like, you know, just being the Packers, you know, Hall of Fame safety, and then on top of that, winning a Super Bowl, like, that's just all icing on the cake. But just, I'm so happy that the person, Leroy Butler, is being enshrined to the Pro Football Hall of Fame more than anything, because that guy deserves it. And there's it's something to be said about, you're right, how it's like, at the end of the day, like, it's really cool that we get to work at a station with Leroy Butler and Gary Ellerson, but it doesn't feel like that because we're just so used to it, and it's it's just the people that they are, you know, they treat you like just anybody else. They treat you like a, the fan you are at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. And it's awesome that 
you can just talk to them. Yeah, so exactly. many So many guys are not personable when they reach that level. How many athletes have we, whether it's covering games or just you know people we've met throughout our lives, athletes and celebrities and all that, how many times do those people actually take time to just talk and you know make you feel like you're an all-star as well? Yeah, and one of the things that makes it special too, because you know I've mentioned this before, Aaron Rodgers, first ballot, surefire Hall of Famer. And when he gets into the Hall of Fame, there's going to be plenty of Packers fans that go, and it's going to be awesome. And, man, Aaron Rodgers, one of my favorite players. But it's not going to feel personal. No. It's not going to feel personal that Aaron Rodgers made it to the Hall of Fame. It's going to be awesome. If you see Aaron Rodgers in a pick and save, he won't sign a soup can if you want something (laughs) signed for him. Well, and you're not going to be able to sit there and talk for five minutes, six minutes. There's just a different level with Leroy that he's reached. And – the one thing that's cool about this too, Sam, is we see him almost every day. So, you know, naturally you're going to build a relationship with people you see all the time. That's just kind of how that goes. But then you hear the stories of him just running into someone at a pick and save, yeah. running into him at a store. And <laughs> then next thing you know, can one is like literally my favorite yeah. story of him. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he's talking with him five, 10 minutes. We had a guy earlier that talked about how his daughter was going through some health issues and Leroy went out of his way when I guess he visited the hospital or something to call him on his wife's phone to say hi mm-hmm. and ask him how he's doing. I don't know if you heard too, but um, on the Road to Canton show on Friday when Gary and Bart were hosting, there was a similar story where uh, a guy, his wife had like some terminal Ill illness and they asked Leroy if they could stop by. And without any announcement, without any you know acceptance or anything, Leroy shows up. No paparazzi, no nothing and all that. Just shows up, you know, spends time with them, and then is just so personal. That that made their day and all that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not many people. It's, it's to the point now where, like, you know, Leroy is just so giving and such a kind person that <laughs> I don't know about you, Toby, but I got I to gotta tell him, to like, hey, stop giving me autographs, man. <laughs> I got enough. But that's just the type of person he is. Like, well, give it to your mom or whatever, you know? Yeah, he's a phenomenal guy, just phenomenal, and I'm so glad – that he's forever enshrined in Canton. I know you've heard it before. I'll say it again. Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame person, and emphasis on the Hall of Fame person. If you've ever had the opportunity to meet Leroy Butler, you know what I'm talking about. The nicest guy you'll ever meet. And it's just phenomenal that now we get to refer to him as a Hall of Famer. Uh, At some point, I hope he wears his gold jacket in here. I want to see that thing. Oh, he will. Yeah. (laughs) I told him he would wear it every day if it were black, but he's probably scared that he'll spill something on it. Yeah, I'm sure he'll probably wear it for like a segment or so and then put it back in the bag. But I know know for sure, like, you don't have to ask him. Like, he will be wearing that thing eventually at some point. Gary said he might be in here tomorrow. What are the chances he rolls in in the gold jacket? I would. I would say like 60%, you know, 60, yeah, 70%. Say pretty high. Yeah. I feel like he's going to roll in here in that gold jacket. And I also want to see those shoes he was rocking. Oh, those were awesome. Those Air are Force sweet. Ones. Yeah. Those, whoever made those, shout out to that person. Well, and Gary said that he needs to get the hookup and start selling those things at Lambo. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Those Absolutely. things that sell out so quick. Well, I mean, it's probably the whole Nike, you know, licensing and stuff like that because I believe they are Air Force Ones. But, yeah, I mean, if they if they were able to figure that out, I'd buy, like, two pairs. Oh, of my heartbeat. gosh, I'd wear them all the time, dude. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be phenomenal. I, I've i said this. I'm, I'm not a Packers fan. I'm not from here. I cheer for Washington. I won't wear Packers gear. Yikes. But I will wear a 36 jersey. I will wear a Leroy Butler jersey. That's the only Packers stuff I'll wear. I need to get myself some Leroy Butler Hall of Fame stuff for sure so I can wear it around proudly. Because he's such a great guy. And I, I'm so glad we get to celebrate that now. 
I want to hear his speech. I want to hear that again because phenomenal speech as well. Made sure to congratulate uh, or, or thank everyone, really. He did a phenomenal job and in a short speech, too. So we'll have to thank him for that, too, because it doesn't take up all day to try and play back his speech, which I'm sure you'll hear 20 or 30 times this week on this station, but you can never hear it enough. We'll, we'll hear that next from Leroy Butler as his speech from the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony over the weekend. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Sam Schmitz. It's Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm the fan. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. The celebration of our own Leroy Butler continues here on The Fan. Make sure you keep it tuned here to The Fan Afternoon Show as well. Got a fun show for you guys. Scott Grodsky from CBS 58 is going to be in today alongside Sam Schmitz. So make sure you keep it tuned here for that. That'll be fun. Want to hear from Leroy Butler and what he had to say during his enshrinement ceremony, but I'm not worthy to introduce the man. So I will let his wife, Genesis, and Gilbert Brown do the honors for me. So I was driving down the highway, and all of a sudden I hear... Leroy Butler has been picked for the Hall of Fame. I slammed on brakes and I screamed out the window. By the time they got my homeboy in this stuff here. By time. Puts from Butler and down he goes. Leroy Butler. I'll tell you Leroy doing what he does best. What Leroy Butler did best was dominate. Over his 12-year career, the star safety had 38 interceptions and 20.5 sacks. Becoming the only player in league history with three or more sacks and picks in three straight seasons. In 1996, Butler was key in the Packers' victory over the Patriots in Super Bowl 31. The memory that sticks out to me the most would be the sack that he had in Super Bowl 31. Down he goes from behind, Leroy Butler. I can remember Leroy and them talking about, do you know how these fans going to be? If we win this Super Bowl. And now, baby, it's over. 
The Vince Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Oh, my goodness. What a way to end it. <laughs> but it was his leap into the stands that has left a lasting legacy. Butler again with the interception. He's going in the stands. There he goes. The old Lambeau leap. He got it. When you see other guys jumping into the stands, my husband started that. I will never forget that game as long as I live. And he sets a screen up, and it's knocked out of the 38 yard line. fumble. And I saw Leroy running towards the end zone. So I'm like, OK, he's going to score. It is a touchdown for Leroy Butler. And he kept running past that white line. I was like, what are you about to do? And he jumped in the stand, so I started to run over to help pull him off. But then I saw the fans. They got to see and touch something they never experienced in their life. And every time somebody jumped in the stands, my homeboy started. Touchdown, Green Bay! Period, exclamation point, it's over. The final tally for number 36. 12 seasons with four first-time All-Pro appearances. Selection to the 1990 Pro Football Hall of Fame All-Decade Team. And a profound legacy in Green Bay and beyond. My husband is the perfect embodiment for the Hall of Fame because of his loyalty, his connection with all fans, and also his leadership. Keep doing what you're doing. No one should ever wear that 36 ever again. That number should be put up there in a glass and be broken only in emergency. I am honored and privileged to present Leroy Butler for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. DJ Khaled said it best, God did. Shout out to Drake and Lil Baby. If you don't know the song, you must get the internet, people. When you play for the Green Bay Packers, a lot of doors open up. When you win a Super Bowl, all doors open up. But when you make the Hall of Fame, football heaven opens up. You want to know why? Just guess. It's rare company. It's only 362 guys in the Hall of Fame. And I number 357. Growing up in Jacksonville, humble beginnings. Ah, nah, we nah. Yes, yes. Thank you, Duval. Duval County was amazing. But my mom, growing up in poverty, she made us think rich every day because it's not about what you have on or what you have, it's how you act. My siblings were amazing. My sister, platinum. Vicky, Vicky, my brother Michael, my brother Darian, and my brother Doug. They were great siblings to a special need kids like me. But I want to thank my uncle, Charles Durham. He's the one that came over one day and said, you're trying out for sports. And he taught me everything I know. I love you, Uncle Charles Durham. My kids, okay? I have six daughters and a son. I know y'all feel bad for me. <laughs> Sharon, who's actually couldn't come because she's having my fifth grandchild. Don't I look good to be 54? 
It depends on the angle, though, so leave me alone. L'Oreal Butler. I named her when I saw her cosmetics. I woke up, I said, L'Oreal, that's her name. Gabrielle Butler, that's my model. Someday I hope she get a modeling contract to help me out, because daddy ain't got no money, baby. Help me. Danielle, that's my IT. She the one even told me about TikTok and all. Maria, that's my little diva. I love her. Sierra, that's the only one of my kids that's actually taller than me, so I don't stand by her. Now, they say you're not supposed to say your favorite, but my favorite is my son, Leroy Butler IV. Just don't tell the other kids. My teachers were great. I want to talk about Hammond Gracie. He's the one to say, play both sports, don't worry about it. Just play. Miss Gordon, she's my algebra teacher. If she could teach me algebra, she's great, right? So I love my teacher and all teachers. My high school coaches, Coach Corky Rogers, the winningest coach in Florida history. Coach Belger, Coach Warner, and Leon Barrett. He's the one to try to stop smiling so much and be tough, but I can't, Coach. But my life changed at Florida State. I was a Prop 48. Coach Bobby Bowden drives into the inner city, into the projects. I say, Coach, you can't just drive up in here. You got to ease your way down. I'm telling Miss Butler, I'm giving your baby a scholarship. Coach Andrews, get well soon. I love Coach. Couldn't make it today because he had, you know, he, Coach be going upstairs and just hurt stuff we don't have. Sit down and watch the speech, Coach. My life changed with the Packers. Now, I want a few guys up here, maybe the only guy up here, to say I don't go and say hello to fans that pick and save. I say hello to owners. So, when Bob Harlan called me and said, we're going to select you in the second round, it meant a lot to me. I love Lee Rimmel. He's the one that took the call for me. Mike Holmgren, who I hope one day will be up here. I really do. He changed my life. And again, y'all just saw my wife. She's beautiful. And all she got to do is deal with the kids and keep them away from me. <laughs> nope, talk to your mom. But again, I want to thank the fans. Without you, there is no Leroy Butler. And again, my teammates, you saw Gilbert Brown, my teammates, I love y'all. Where else can you go, the ultimate team sport, that I can have a bad game every now and then, don't Google it, and my other 10 teammates carry me. So my teammates, I love them. And then closing, the volunteers, I met all 2,000 of you, maybe took 3,000 selfies. I love you, respect you. The voters, thank you. 16 years is a long time, but it's worth the wait. Thank you very much. There you heard from the Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler, his speech when he was enshrined in Canton over the weekend. We'll continue hearing some Leroy Butler as Mike Sherman joined the Big Show a little bit earlier today. We'll play back that interview from the Big Show, and we'll get your thoughts about Leroy Butler as he heads into the Hall of Fame. 414-677-1250 if you want to hop in on the conversation, or you can tweet us at 1250AM. The Fan, it's Sparky's Midday Madness here. On 1250 AM, The Fan, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. More to come. It's Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. Celebrating Leroy Butler being enshrined in the Hall of Fame over the weekend. You want to give us a call, 414-677-1250. 
or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Earlier today, we talked with a coach of Leroy Butler towards the end of his career, Mike Sherman, on the Wendy's Big Show. We talked to him about seeing Leroy enshrined in Canton and how special that feels as a coach to see one of your players go in. Oh, it's real special, and um, you're not able to win the games that you need to win to be able to be successful as a coach or as a player if you don't have players like Leroy Butler or Antonio Freeman or players like that. So it's great to see that happen, and uh, uh, I'm sure that he was very, I could tell because I was there, he was very excited uh, to be one of the recipients of enshrinement into the Hall of Fame. You know, Coach, Gary Ellison here. As we look back on Leroy's career, we know that there was a he came in as a corner, then they moved him to safety, then really he could do a little bit of everything. What was what kind of set Leroy apart though from a lot of these other guys? Well, uh, he loved. I mean, absolutely, positively loved the game of football. He loved his teammates. Uh, he loved the organization. Uh, and I think th- that trifecta in itself uh, brings you up to another level. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he played above even his ability. As talented as he was, he was able to play above that. And he actually I always thought I always thought that great players made other players better. And I thought Leroy, Leroy, excuse me, <laughs> did that uh, when he played. He made other players around him much better because of the way he played and how he approached the game. You know, we talked about that, too, a little bit, and and the the, the study. I mean, a lot of people don't – well, maybe not realize that Leroy was also a guy that that studied a lot of films, studied a lot of his – the, the offenses, and, and I was talking to Antonio. Antonio says, you know, he would also study us in, in practice and what we were doing. You know, there's no question about that. That you know, he would he would try calling out plays we were going to run uh, as we scrimmage each other in practice. Back when you had had some shoulder pads on more yeah. often than they do today, but uh, but yeah, he, he was a student of the game. I I would imagine Leroy as a kid. I know he had some physical disabilities he overcame, but I promise you, he was one of those guys. Uh, they didn't have Madden back then. I don't think when he was uh, just a young pup, but uh, he played his own form of Madden. I promise you, he uh, he studied the game for a long, long time. And uh, so coming up to the National Football League was. Uh, was a, a natural occurrence for someone like him who, who has put himself in that position to be one of the very best. Talking with former Packers head coach Mike Sherman here on the Schneider Orange Hotline on the Wendy's Big Show. Coach, you, you came in and worked with Leroy after he kind of established himself as a star in the National Football League. What was your first impression of working with Leroy after coming in and meeting him after he kind of already established himself as one of the better players in the NFL? Well, he was one of the better players in the NFL, and I was a young coach at that time. Um, it would have been an old coach today because everybody's so young, but I was I think it was 43, 44. And uh, let me just say this. Lori Butler helped me more than I helped him. I mean, he, uh, he was a leader on the team. Um, I always felt like he had my back in the locker room when anything would come up that would be of uh, a negative nature. And uh, I always appreciated that fact. Uh, He was at the end of his career. I was at the beginning of mine. And, uh, you know, I only was with him for about a year and a half. Uh, Then he injured his shoulder. 
and then he wanted to come back and did everything he could to to make a return, which would have been his 11th or 12th season. And uh, I said, Leroy, man, you've had a great career. You made a lot of money. You have a beautiful family. Uh, you really don't need to do this. And uh, uh, yeah, I'd recommend you look at it real hard and, and look at other opportunities for yourself because, you know, you've given the game an awful lot. Now it's time to sit back and enjoy it. And he did a lot of soul searching because he really wanted to play and be a part of things. And I wanted him to be a part of it, but it just wasn't worth the trade off. He wouldn't be able to hit a golf club today or play ball with his kids if he had continued playing. You know, because we talked a little bit about that too while we were at the uh, at, at his uh, party that he had that that Saturday night, and, and I thought, you know, for any player though to, to transition like that, and then you can't play anymore because of an injury though. But really though, how difficult was that for you? I mean, I'm I'm sure now, you know, I got to go tell this guy we can't we can't we can't do it. He can't do it anymore. How was that for you as a as a young coach coming into the NFL? That was one of the most difficult. There were a couple of them, and that was probably the most difficult um, conversation I had uh, with a player concerning it's time to think of other ways to, to make your living. And uh, uh, because none of them see it the way you see it, and uh, they've given everything to this this occupation, and uh, they've played it since they were little kids uh, all the way up until – they're grown men uh, in their 30s, and uh, they don't normally recognize that it's time. And so someone, it's like Forrest said one time, he said, no one's going to, I'm not going to quit. Someone's going to have to tell me it's all over. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's kind of the same way with Leroy. I mean, uh, I will say this, though, that when, when we sat and talked about it, you know, and I gave him some other options about helping out coaching and doing some different things. I think that did ease the pain, ease the sting a little bit for him, where he was able to transition on a uh, on an easier level because there were, were opportunities that, that were presented to him that he could possibly take a part in. Was there ever any like when you were an assistant or a head coach where there was a like a aha moment that? This guy is really good. We're talking about Leroy Butler. Any particular plays that he made in any game where you go, man, that that I don't see that every day. You know, I think you know, and you, people would always ask again the same thing about Brett Favre. You know, and and with Brett, you would see plays in practice that you'd see in the games, and you know, a great play is a great play, regardless right. of where you are. If you're on the practice field, uh, inside Lambeau Field, on, if you're on Lombardi Avenue, a great play is a great play. And um, I saw a lot of great plays out of Leroy in practice. And uh, so when he made them in the games, it really didn't surprise me because I had already seen him do things like that or close to that. And, uh, you know, and that that's who he was. I mean, he was a practice player, a game player. And uh, he showed the younger guys uh, how to play the game. You know, real quick, you talk a little bit about your offenses that you had, though, in Green Bay, though. We're b- very prolific offense. Your, your run game was absolutely incredible. You had Amon Green. You had a lot of great memories there in Green Bay. I did. You know, and I think one year we, we set the Packer record for passing. Uh, and then the next year we set it for rushing or vice versa, I forget. So uh, we were very – balance is what we were able to do and uh 
and it makes us to be a harder team to defend. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. I'm coaching offense with Bert Favre, quarterback, and I'm agreeing at running back and the other assortment. Uh, and that offensive line that we had early on up until – 2005 uh, was really a special group of guys that had fun playing collectively. There wasn't one great player, but there were collectively they were they were a good group. Uh, they ran the football well, and they protected their quarterback extremely well. Coach, I appreciate you coming on today. Nice meeting you uh, this weekend and your grandson. I think he got all the ice cream that he could handle. <laughs> yeah, so did his grandfather. So uh, he was. <laughs> So he wasn't the only one, unfortunately. But, yeah, it was great great seeing you this week, past weekend. It was a great event. Uh, I thought Lord did an excellent job representing himself in front of a lot of people. You know, he, he can kind of go on and on, but uh, he didn't he didn't do that. He kind of said what he had to say. And But uh, I was real proud to see him up there and, and happy for him and his family to, to be acknowledged as such. So enjoyed the opportunity to meet you. And, yeah. uh We'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Coach, real quick, one, one last one for you here. What was your favorite moment from over the weekend? Uh, yeah, my favorite moment was just being with my being with my grandson. Uh, you know, he's uh, Zach Taylor's son from Cincinnati. And, uh, and just being with him and talking to him about the game and about, you know, how, how you do stuff and how you represent yourself and, be able to listen to these guys with him and say, okay, did you hear what, did you hear what he said and uh, what that means? And so I guess being with him and, and, and watching him absorb some of the – I'm sure there was a time there he was rolling his eyes back and his head <laughs> kind of tired with it. But that's worse up for some other people. But uh, uh, but I, it, it was the lessons he was hopefully picking up every once in a while, listening to different great players and great men talk. Coach, appreciate the time today. All right, appreciate it as well. Thank you. There you heard from Coach Mike Sherman earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. We'll take a break here on Sparky's Midday Madness when we come back. Scott Grodsky from CBS 58 will join us, as well as Sam Schmitz, as they prepare for the Fan Afternoon Show, which comes up next. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. More to come. 1250 AM The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. It's Sparky's Midday Madness. 414-677-1250 if you want to hop in or tweet us at 1250am. The Fan, the Fan Afternoon Show comes up next. And hosting the Fan Afternoon Show, I can't talk. The Fan Afternoon Show this week from CBS 58 is Scott Grodsky. Scott, what's going on, man? Uh, If you're worried, you can't talk. You got uh, another thing coming for we got 15 hours of this over the next five days. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, how excited are you to do some radio? I know with TV you get little snippets to give your it's opinions. A, it's, a little, but... it's a little different uh, muscle to flex. Yeah. Uh, any of the opinions usually have to be on Twitter. TV, we got, you know, we got two and a half minutes, we got three minutes, and we can give you the 10-second soundbite from Rogers and go off that. Can't really expand on it. And uh, Well, you it's... got plenty of time this week to expand on your opinions of everything Wisconsin. And luckily, with this Brewer stuff going on, I thought it might have been dead by now, but it's not. You There's got a lot of to opinions talk about. to have on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, a lot of stuff going on. What do you got coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show today? Uh, coming up today, we have uh, Andy Herman of uh, Pack a Day Podcast and the Packer Report. He'll be talking a little bit of uh, Packers training camp, obviously, with Family Night coming up on or happening on Friday, and looks like Jordan Love will be starting the preseason games. That should be a shock to no one, but no. still important to see how he ends up doing. Uh, Tim Allen will join us 
uh, later around 4.30 as we talk a little bit about the Brewers and this uh, skid that they have been on, whether it is because of the hater trade or it just happens to be happening, they're still on it either way. Yeah, I mean, that hater thing, I can't get, I still can't get my head around why they even traded him in the first place much less what they got. And then you have the comments from Devin Williams and some of the guys in the locker room, and then you add on to that with David Stearns, and then you add on to that on Friday with Mark Adonacio. I I really don't understand this whole thing and where it's going. And then when you throw in Mark Adonacio's comments, we thought for sure it was like, all right, so it was just a cheapskate move for Mark Adonacio. And then he comes out and says it's not. So is it on Stearns? Like, what do you make of this whole situation? I I don't know. And and we're not going to know until we see what the two prospects end up being out of this. Uh, obviously, Stearns has not shied away from that their mentality is the bite at the apple as many times as you thing. can. And I'm not sure how many Brewers fans don't hate bite at the apple at this point, <laughs> but uh, you know what? They've been consistent. That That's what they said they wanted to do, and this is a move they think helps in that direction. To me, the part that really has stuck with me since it happened is the uh, Denelson Lamette uh, aspect yeah, of it. Makes it makes no sense. I, I I never thought he was the piece in that in that mm-hmm. trade, but he was a piece, and he wasn't a nothing. And you know, what, is he ever going to be as good as he was in 2020 when he was, I think, fourth in Cy Young voting? No, I mean that was a a short season and a, a fluke year to some extent. But uh, you know, to DFA him what three days later, and then less than a week after that, you DFA Jake McGee anyway. So you you could have had the spot for him there. It, it just uh, that part of it was very interesting to see as it goes and as far as taylor rogers goes it's fine i I, you're getting a decent guy who can can play in the eighth play in the ninth if he needs to i realize he was one save uh shy of hater going in but you know he wasn't exactly pitching great at that point yesterday uh did he get no he didn't get the loss but he got it uh to 2-1 on one hand it was a little bit on him with the wild pitch that advanced the runner on the other hand the double you know you'd like to see hunter renfro make that catch too so we'll see yeah, it's just, it's so puzzling. And part of the thing that makes it so disappointing, we talked with Kyle Glazer from Baseball America last week, and I was already down on the trade, Scott. I was already down. I didn't like it. And then he comes out and says, I thought the whole thing was dependent on Rodgers and Lamette. So, okay, like like you said. And then he goes out and says, Gasser, I don't ever see him being more than like a number four starter. I was like, well, well, that's not great. And then he comes out and says that Ruiz, he doesn't ever see being an everyday type guy. And it just makes me think that you left them all these guys that they could ship to D.C. to bring in Soto. You le- you didn't get a top prospect. Like, if you would have said, take away everything and give me C.J. Abrams for Josh Hader, I probably would have said, all right, at least you got something for him. But for them to just trade him away hurt the clubhouse morale. And I think that's probably the biggest part because they didn't necessarily make the team worse. I don't think you could say today that they're objectively worse on paper than they were before the trade deadline. But if you're just going to make lateral moves and then mess with clubhouse morale the way that you have, and the fact that it's still being talked about a week after, I think you really screwed up. I tend to agree that the clubhouse morale thing is a is a big part of this, but it's also something that you know we're not in there. We we can't exactly know how they're feeling, but obviously it's a guy who's been a teammate for years, who's been a well liked teammate within that locker room or within that clubhouse. And uh, I, I don't know, are, are we talking about this if they go five and one against the Reds and Pirates instead of one and five? Maybe not, uh, but this is the way it's gone. And that Devin Williams interview, I mean, you're right. It was 
that was a hard interview for fans to wrap their heads around because you could tell that it wasn't just a guy who was, oh, well, whatever, this is the business, it happens. He was hurting. He was hurting that a guy who he looked up to and learned a lot from is gone and is gone in the middle of a, a pennant race when you watch. I mean, the Cardinals didn't go out and get a Soto. They didn't do some massive move, but they added Jose Quintana. They did add pieces. The Padres added pieces. The Phillies added pieces. The Dodgers added the entire uh, MLB roster in the offseason, so they didn't have to do it now. But it, it's definitely, I would imagine, it, it can be a bit of a morale boost when you see every other contender doing zigging and you're zagging, and yeah. it's not exactly in the direction that you're looking for for the immediate 2022 season. I do think with Ruiz, opinions on him seem to be all over the board. And if he does end up being a guy who's not an everyday starter, then I agree that, that that's a problem and that's not a move to make. Uh, but there are definitely opinions that he could end up being an everyday guy and a all-star level caliber type guy. Uh, so I, we'll see what ends up happening with him. Um, but that that and Gasser, to me, are going to be the two things that decide whether or not this is good idea, bad idea. One more thing before we turn it over to you guys on the Fan Afternoon Show comes up next with Scott Grodsky and Sam Schmitz is uh didn't get to watch it real closely because I was hosting the postgame show Friday night and we didn't necessarily touch on it because uh, on the big show or anything because Gary's down at Cants and everything. What were your takeaways from Family Night? Uh, honestly, I thought Family Night, it, it's evolved so much since I've been here. This is my seventh year covering a Family Night uh, and it's evolved so much over the 21 years that it's been happening where it used to be a scrimmage. It used to be a, a much bigger deal. Now it's a practice that a lot of people show up to that occasionally does 11 on 11s with light contact. So there's not a ton that you can take away, in my opinion, from family night that you can't also take away from the practice they had today, the practice that they will have tomorrow. I was a little uh, surprised that I, I think it ended up being 50,000 was the announced attendance. And it's weird to say, like, I'm surprised it was that low. But it's also 50,000 people who showed up to a practice yeah. when most of the other teams in the NFL who do this get somewhere between twenty to 30,000. So it's still a great crowd. But I mean, I, I definitely, as I was looking around, I was thinking it's impressive for a practice. But five years ago, this building was sold out for this day. So it, it's definitely, it, it's changed a little bit uh, under uh, Coach LaFleur. Was there anything that really stood out? Anything? I mean, we've we've heard about Romeo Dobbs. We've heard about Jordan Love looking better. Is there anything that stood out other than that, or is it just kind of the same? Yeah, I mean, to me, it was uh, the receivers in general looked better than I expected, but it's also a lot less press coverage and a lot less intense actual defense on them. Yeah. So uh, Samori Toure, the, uh, the third rookie receiver who was picked in the draft, he had a pretty good day on Family Night as well. He definitely looked like he could be something. But, you know, I mean, it, yeah. it's not like he's going in his one-on-ones against Jair Alexander. So the most important thing that happened on Friday is that Darnell Savage's injury isn't serious. And that's going to continue to be the case throughout most of the preseason, including the preseason games. The The most important thing over this next month is that when the season does start, the guys you need to be there are still there. Last thing, and then we'll turn it over to you. Heard special teams struggled again on family night. Long snapper issues. And that does not give you a lot of confidence because it's already been a problem. You bring in Rich Bisace, you expect that to fix everything. And is it still an issue? I think it'll still be an issue until it's proven otherwise, even if they had a good day. And you're right, they did not have a good day on Friday. Um, and it sounds like uh, the kicker had a bad day again today. Uh, Mason Crosby is pretty solidly going to yeah, be the guy who gets the job fine. anyway once he comes off the pup list. But 
uh, and punting has been inconsistent. Long snapping has been inconsistent would be a compliment to what it has been so far. Uh, but you can certainly see Basaccia making his point on any practice. <laughs> he is loud, he is hard to miss, and he is coaching them in a way that I, I haven't really seen special teams coached over the past six years. So I think they're they're willing to put some starters out there. I think special teams will improve this year. I really do. Do I think that it's going to be as simple as the Packers brought in a new coach, so week, week one they're going to be an elite special teams unit? No. Yeah, I mean, I just hope it improves, because if we're going through the same thing Can't again this worse. year where – you know, say what you want about that Niners and Packers playoff game. Rodgers should have been better, yes. But special teams cost you that game, and we can't be doing this again. We, we just can't. There's there's only a few more seasons with Rodgers. Who knows? We could be going through another thing where he wants to retire again next year. So just try and win it this year, and don't let special teams be the issue. Please don't. You know, if it's because the offense fails or it's because the defense struggles, whatever. But if it's special teams again, and we can continue to point at this thing that's been a problem for how long in Green Bay, it's just going to be another disappointing season. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they improve enough. Like you said, it can do nothing else but get better. But hopefully they can be something so that you can depend on them to at least give you competent level play, which you haven't gotten for a while in Green Bay. Well, and I will say to to some extent, uh, Basaccio doesn't give it a clean slate. It doesn't mean that you forget everything that's happened, but he does deserve time to get it figured out. And as long as it gets figured out by the playoffs, even if the special teams is terrible for the start of the year, that's not going to keep the Packers out of the playoffs. If they miss the playoffs, something else horrible went wrong. So as long as it gets figured out and gets improved, no one is going to care long-term that on family night it wasn't perfect or week one against the Vikings isn't perfect as long as you don't have those moments like you had in San Francisco or against San Francisco in the playoffs. So you heard from Scott Grodsky. Sam Schmidt's going to be here as well. Make sure you keep it tuned here to 12.50 a.m. The Fan, the Fan Afternoon Show comes up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.